I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. is just like creaking and I hope you can hear it oh it's so good uh, anyway we, <laughs> we're gonna figure out our intros someday or maybe never never I actually ever. think it's better if we don't at this point it's part of our brand it's more personable mm-hmm. well welcome back to our series on the church and Oops. you're gonna get some you know schools in session today yes. you know Katie has brought for us a study she has a paper note sheet today. Can you hear it? <laughs> which has not happened before, I don't no. think. Other than when we have guests on, this is the first time paper has been in the studio because we are tech girlies at heart. Yeah. But I'm so excited. It made me feel all excited like I'm in like I'm in class. Well, I was just like reading the book and I was just like writing down notes. Very tactile. Yeah. And I just... Honestly, I prefer taking notes like this. Me too. But I won't be doing it in the future because it hurts my hand. <laughs> So. I feel like my stamina to actually be able to write a <laughs> full page has just writing thank you notes. I'm just like, I thank you. Two love and done. Katie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's all I got for you. No. And in fourth grade, they made me write <laughs> literally everything I turned in in cursive. And I actually cannot believe that there was a time I had a capacity for that. Yeah. Homeschool problems right there. I, I went to private school at that point. So either way, <laughs> either way you got homeschool problems. Yeah, I do got homeschool. Well, today we're going to be talking about the Nicene Creed, yeah. which, buckle up, this applies to you, even if you think it doesn't. Yeah, and the whole Council of Nicaea as well. This council was convened because of the reason every council is convened, and that is because of heresy. Um, love heresy. Love a good heretic. Don't love heresy. Love talking <laughs> about heresy. Yes. Um, so this is in approximately 318 AD. I don't know why I early, said approximately. Early, early church right here. Yes, it was 318 AD. Um, a church elder named Arius began sharing his theory that Jesus was not in fact God. He taught that he was simply a divine teacher, but not a part of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. He came to this conclusion based on the reality of Jesus's humanity, which is true. Um, how could a deity also live in the form of a human who experiences things like emotion, sickness, and death? Mm-hmm. So these are the questions that he was asking himself, and he came to the conclusion that if our God is experiencing sickness and death and emotion, then he must he not, not be God. God. Yeah. You know, that was that was his I love, explanation. <laughs> I love when people read the Bible and they're just like, I know what it says, but I don't Actually, get it. Gonna ignore what I just But I just read. don't get it. So yeah. let's change it up a little bit. Yeah. So uh, on, I mean this is gonna be a theme in a lot of the heresies that we're gonna see. A lot of them center around the person of Jesus. Yes. About his humanity, his God. Well because it's so central central to our views but oh, it's yeah. also the hardest part to grasp yeah. that he can be fully god and fully man but it is so incredibly oh, important yeah. that he is both and we're going to talk about that today. and it does make no sense yeah it, it doesn't but but he's got we're we're small he's big that's <laughs> what i have to say um but arius's views became more widespread and constantine who was the emperor of rome at the time who had been converted just prior to this mm-hmm. um he was like Absolutely not. You, you need love to Constantine. shut up. 
Constantine yeah. did so much good. He did. He did. So uh, he called together a council to deliberate and to debunk Arius's teaching. So that the whole point of this, the Council of Nicaea, is basically like, dude, this guy's wild, and can we like maybe figure out <laughs> what the truth is here? Um, I wish you all could have just seen Katie's hand motions while she was in the in direct quote from Constantine. This dude is wild, and in the words of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> In the words of Snoop. Yes, our producer Matt has suggested that we just slip in in the words of Snoop Dogg before any any statement we And I did it. (laughs) Good job, Katie. Um, so be sure to tune in for us doing that moving forward. I Um, wish actually I think maybe we should have an episode someday where Matt can just tune in his stream of consciousness, just like nonsense comments. Yes. I wish you could all hear. We'll like finish an episode and he says some out of pocket things sometimes. <laughs> Truly so. out of pocket. Anyway, moving on. Any hoozies. Um <laughs> so they get this council together, basically a bunch of church guys to oversimplify it, um, in in Turkey. And what so what came of this council? Uh, you know, they're coming together, talking about the personhood of Jesus, talking about Arius. Also, can you imagine just sitting in a room for like six months no with a bunch of other guys and just being like so so what do you think <laughs> every angle of this one yeah. thing it, it just it's overwhelming and actually so crazy and well and you're getting caught up in the logistics of every single word and that's something right. that you'll find with this there is a lot of things that ended up in the creed that a lot of people were like but what if it got interpreted this way and right. it's like well is it is that what we mean <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff but yeah sounds all exhausting. This, people have for all of the history of the church, people have fought to understand and to protect and to accurately convey the gospel. And it's just, it's crazy. There's so much history. Um, and so this council resulted in a creed that is very, very similar to the Apostles' Creed. It actually, like, mirrors it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Intentionally. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, on purpose. Because, honestly, there a lot of what they were trying to do with this council and this creed was to uh, kind of beef up the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. It's like, okay, we said all of this stuff. To affirm and expand upon yes. that which was already agreed. It's a yes and yes. creed. <laughs> which a lot of these are. Yeah. And so I am actually going to read the Apostles' Creed again, and then I'm going to read the Nicene Creed. So the Apostles' Creed says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, (laughs) the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Okay, so that's the Apostles' Creed. And then the Nicene Creed says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, Hmm. begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things are made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. 
He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. So as you can see, um, very, very similar, but the Nicene Creed heavily expands on the fact that Jesus is yeah. in fact God. Who Jesus very is. Very God of very God. Mm-hmm. Uh, light of light. You mm-hmm. know, and we're talking about him not being a separate entity from God because that was the the temptation of the time mm-hmm. to believe that he was uh, somehow separate or lesser than and yeah. how can he be one well, with God? You can tell drawing from the book of John and drawing from scripture saying like before the beginning of time, like his, yeah. his deity, his glory, his humanity, his sufficiency, all of it. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, I want to backtrack for a second, give a little bit, just a little tidbit on this actual council. It was the first ecumenical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ecumenical. I look at it's it ecumenical, and I ecumenical, right? can't read. So ecumenical, um, it's the first ecumenical council. So this means it was the first like worldwide council. The goal mm-hmm. was unity in the church. So this is the first time this has happened. Right. And obviously this is the known world. This yes. is like the Roman yeah. Empire. Yeah. Exactly. But um, this the goal was unity within the Christian church across denominational divides and right. across cultural divides and all of that stuff. So right. uh, this is the first of its kind that we are mm-hmm. reading about. Um, but anyways, so we see heavily emphasized in this creed the, the deity of Jesus, mm-hmm. the fact that him and God are of the same substance. Mm-hmm. And then we also see the addition of the Holy Spirit, which is not heavily emphasized in the Apostles' Creed, but right. we see in that last line of the Nicene Creed, they say, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified. Yep. So they're saying, yes. Trinity, and triune God, full deity, yes. full perfection. Yeah. Light of light, God mm-hmm. of God. It's, it's yeah. all legit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so this is immediately flying in the face of everything Arius has been teaching and spreading. And so he has a small following and they are quickly basically uh, rejected from orthodoxy because they just established it as heresy, basically with this council and then with this creed uh, being something that they reflect on heavily. So uh, I believe the overall message of the creed may be summed up uh, in one line from its perspective from its first paragraph that states Jesus was very God of very God. So if you come away with one thing from this episode, it is this was established. He's very God of very Mm -hmm. God. Um, So I have some questions for us to kind of reflect on and maybe you and I can discuss a little bit here if we decide we want to. But the first is why is it important that Jesus was fully God as well as fully man? Because maybe you're thinking, why is it that big of a deal? Mm -hmm. What if, you know, could Jesus have just been a prophet? Like, right. what, what What? then? But there is 
biblical and theological grounds for him needing to be fully God and fully man. Right. Do you have any thoughts off the bat on that? Yeah. I mean, we've, I feel like we've been talking about this from the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Like the, the foundation of what the whole narrative of scripture teaches of the through line of the Bible, of the work of the kingdom of God coming to earth, of the victory of God over death, of all of these things is completely dependent on Jesus as being one, the fulfillment of old Testament prophecy to the perfect high priest three, the perfect sacrifice, all these things. Like yeah. he, he must be a perfect, sufficient, sinless, holy sacrifice. Yeah. And also he claimed <laughs> over and over again in the gospels to be the son of God. He mm. claimed to be, to be God. And you might hear people arguing that that's not true and it is simply a bad reading of scripture mm-hmm. and one that ignores very clear, obvious things that Jesus said over and over again. Um, there would have been no sacrifice that was man-made, that was the product of sin, yeah. that would have been sufficient to cover the sins of humanity, that God himself offered his own son, part mm-hmm. of himself to be humbled, to be given as the son of man, to become sin, and to to rescue us. Like yeah. it, it was necessary that he was God. It's what he taught. It's what the Old Testament teaches. It's what prophecy teaches. It's what the whole law refers to. Like it is, if that is not true, there is so much that yeah. is not true. Um, not true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're talking about why the, the deity of Jesus is necessary but the humanity of Jesus is necessary as well. Mm-hmm. Like his, his true humility and his true being like lowered and able to die. Like yeah. this is one of those things. It is obviously so hard for us to understand how could he be both. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that makes sense is that he is fully both. The mm-hmm. only thing that aligns all of scripture and makes it make sense is that he is fully God, fully man, was able to die, mm-hmm. gave up his spirit rose again. Um, it's just, it's absolutely foundational. Well, and it's so important that he was fully human as well because he did, like you're saying, he did have to die. He also had to live a blameless life. He had to have the opportunity to sin. Right. And he had all of those opportunities and Mm -hmm. he had temptation and he did not succumb to them because he, he, despite being fully human. Right. So he was truly the spotless lamb because he in every opportunity he had to sin, did not sin. He was without sin. And then for him to die in his fleshly body and then be raised to life in his fleshly body, that is, he needed to be fully human for him to defeat death. Yep. Because otherwise it's just God being God. Uh, This is God being God in a human body, overcoming our our condemnation on earth. Which is in line with everything that he teaches about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which isn't like, it is also interconnected. The Bible is sufficient in itself to explain this, but also we don't need to be the ones to, like there are so yeah. many writings and teachings of church fathers and theologians and scholars from all of church history that affirm this. Like yeah. the gr- overwhelming majority, like 98, 99% of all of the writings of all of the church fathers for all of history, all the theologians Mm -hmm. have been in agreement with this idea that this is not an arguable 
fact for anyone who is an actual like Bible believing Christian. Like yeah. you, if you do not accept these things, you do not accept the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're imperative. It's you can't separate this from from scripture and from right. the gospel. No, it's just not possible. No theme, no narrative, no through line of the Bible makes sense without yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and then my next question here, which is something that was wrestled with in this council, is can we claim monotheism, uh, one God, mm-hmm. if we serve a triune God yeah. with three parts? And so this is something Ooh. that they wrestled with and they yeah. really kind of beat to death in this council. Oh, but yeah. that's a big question. Yep. Can we claim to serve one God if he has three parts? Yep. Again, we are not going to be able to even come close to no. having this debate on this podcast. No. <laughs> but the like theology of the Trinity is again, something heavily written about heavenly, heavily debated, Mm -hmm. um, like wrestled with for all of Christian history and like good hermeneutic, good theology always points back to the fact that God is a triune God who is one. He is three in one. And there's a million ways to understand this. There's a million ways to look at it. There's fantastic podcasts about this. Like there's fantastic writings about this. This is something that maybe after we talk about this, we go and we link some resources that we both know of because this is not something that we are able to like sit down and break down to except for the fact that yes, it is possible. Yeah. God is one. God is one. He is three in one and it is mind blowing and the way that the Bible, again, Makes this make sense. Yeah. And part of the reason I bring up these questions that we can't even answer is because we as Christians need to be wrestling with these things Mm -hmm. and we have to know what we believe. Yeah. Um, Because why do we believe that we serve one God, but there's three parts that you have to know, you know what I mean? Like why you believe that. And so I ask these questions as a challenge of something you, for you to ponder in your own heart and your own mind. Yep. Um, Even though we're not like, all right, well now here's the answer, but we want to partner with you in the, in the solidifying of your faith. Mm -hmm. And so that is a question I would challenge you. And in saying that it is okay if you're listening to this and you're like, "Um, I've been a Christian for my entire life and I've never thought about this and I don't know. Yes. Totally acceptable. And also when questions come up, when things arise that you don't understand or that you wrestle with or you struggle with, like this is when it is time to dig in. Like this is when it's time for you to recognize. And this is the whole point of what we're doing with this series, you guys, is to tell you there are literal thousands of years of work on these topics that have been done that are in, like I said, the vast majority are in great agreement from people who love the authority and perfection of scripture, who love the gospel. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like church fathers and writers and scholars and theologians and all of that who have wrestled with these things for you, that there are answers for them. There are philosophical debates. There are hermeneutical debates. There's all these different things that you can look at and gain knowledge and insight into so that when these things come up, you're like, oh, I actually have some kind of an answer for that. And so, um, this is when it's like, all right, put on your, put on your big girl boots and let's, let's, we're laughing about something that happened earlier. Um, put on your big girl boots and get to reading. There is so much out there for you to, to dive into for yourself. And we will be linking a bunch of that for you. For sure. Um, and then the last question, which 
maybe I should have phrased this one first because it, it was kind of foundational to what we talked about. But uh, why is it important to understand the Trinity? And mm-hmm. I don't even want us to really dive into it because right. this is something that we've talked about this whole episode and this whole time we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want you to think about and understand in your heart, why is it important to understand the Trinity, to understand God as yeah. God, the Father, and understand Jesus as fully human, fully God, and understand the Holy Spirit as the helper yeah. and somebody who had to come when Jesus left. That, yep. I encourage you to ponder on those things. I think there's a really quick like yeah. TLDR about that is it's because that's how God has chosen to reveal himself. Yes. It's how he's chosen to reveal himself in his word. And again, there is so much work that has been done to understanding and explaining these things that you have access to in an age where all of the information and all the resources on these things, literal ancient texts and modern, beautiful writings, all of them you can access and read in the same day. So you might as well. Yes. And then I have a few scriptures that I just compiled here that I want to read that just really support the fact that Jesus was God, because uh, you can take my word for it. You can take um, know the creeds and councils <laughs> word for it. But ultimately, scripture is your authority. Mm-hmm. And this is what scripture says. Uh, John seventeen eleven says, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. So Jesus is talking to God, the Father. Um, yeah. God, the Father, we talking about how they're one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John 10, 30 says, I and the Father are one. <laughs> Pretty point blank there. Yep. Uh, and then John 8, 58 says, before Abraham was born, I am. And this is what Jesus is saying. And he that's a big deal that he said that because uh, that's a bold statement. And that is claiming that he was there when before Abraham. So he was with God. He was there and he is God. And so yep. uh, that's a big. It <clears throat> irked a lot of people off then. It confused a lot of people yes. then. It irks a lot of people off now. It confuses people now. Yes. Yep. Um, and then basically there's a crowd there listening to what Jesus is saying in both of those passages that I just read. And uh, the people attempted to stone Jesus following both of these statements. And we see history repeat itself as Arius stones, quote unquote, the deity of Jesus through his false teaching. Mm-hmm. And is that a stretch maybe? <laughs> but at the at the core of both is unbelief and a misunderstanding of why Jesus came in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that is to redeem and restore and to bring life. And so um, we want to we wanna leave you now with that, which is this is a counsel and a creed that is full of hope for us because we know we serve a God who is well qualified to be our God. Yep. Amen. <laughs> and um, we love you guys. Love ya. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.